Welcome to The Ultimate Insiders, episode 6, talking about Gossip Girl, season 1, episode 6, The Handmaiden's Tale, which, as we all know, is about the book and the old movie and now the new show and The Handmaid's Tale. There was a movie? Yeah, like, in the 80s or 90s, I think. It was really bizarre, but, like, not The movie is that, or the book is that old? Mm -hmm. 1985. I don't know why I thought it was like a 2007 kind of deal. Okay. So what is episode six? Episode six, A Handmaiden's Tale, written by, sorry, nope, directed by Norman Buckley, written by Jessica Queller, came out October 24th, 2007. Dan is torn between two girls when his childhood friend Vanessa returns home and declares her feelings for him just as he and Serena are trying to figure out what they mean to each other. At the infamous masked ball, Blair sends Nate on a scavenger hunt, but Nate is ultimately still distracted by his feelings for Serena. Although Blair makes it perfectly clear that outsiders are not welcome, a disguised Jenny and Dan sneak into the ball. Finally, Lily asks Rufus to accompany her to an Eleanor Waldorf event in order to make Bart Bass jealous. Note, this is Jessica Zor's first appearance as Vanessa Abrams. I love Jessica Zor, but I hate Vanessa Abrams so much. Oh, Vanessa is, this was uh, the uh, introduction of my least favorite character in all of Gossip Girl. I hate Vanessa Abrams so much. Character. And I know I say Dan is the worst character, but I think Vanessa is a whole different type of terrible that she's just like. It's like she was brought in and for what? Literally, like, and I'm supposed to feel bad for her for no reason. I'm sorry, I don't at all. She's the worst. Literally, my first two notes are I want to go to this masquerade ball and, ugh, Vanessa. My first <laughs> note is I hate Vanessa. Um, <laughs> later on I don't know how much later on there's a they talk about Vanessa's upbringing and her parents and um I'm sure we'll get to it but the way her parents feel I'm not gonna lie is the way I feel about how like you shouldn't have to pay for yeah. education but her mom um, does take it a little bit to the extreme in the way she talks to people and it bothers oh yeah. yeah 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 we'll get to that when it comes when we come to it but um yeah when in whatever season that is um yeah, so so Blair has Jenny going around and doing all of these little tasks for her. Yes. And then Jenny's like, maybe maybe they'll let me go to the party. And but then... Not, but it's never been... She's, she wouldn't be able, able to anyways because it's for upperclassmen. So. That's just... That's yeah. Like an upperclassman. Yeah, and so she's doing all of these things for her. Yes. With this, like, hope. And then Serena still hasn't asked Dan to go with him to the party. And they, they're both, they're, they both know that it's happening. Like Dan definitely is aware the party is happening because Jenny is doing all of these things for her, for all, all these things for Blair. And um, so Dan is sitting there like, well, Serena knows me. She knows I wouldn't want to go anyway. And then you, then it like cuts to Serena's like, well, I don't think he'd, he'd want to go. Like, right. mm. But nobody ever fucking talks to each other on the show, so it's, fine. it's and then and, the, and the bitch shows up. Yeah, and then <laughs> why, as as Serena is calling Dan to like invite him to be like, you know what? Let's just try it. Right. You know, maybe he'll go for me, and and he's 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 answering and being like, oh, maybe she'll invite me. 
But then when you hear Vanessa in the background, Serena's like, who is that? And Dan goes, oh, it's my sister. And then Jenny, yes. Okay. My first note is, or my second note, Jenny makes it from Brooklyn to the Upper East Side in two minutes. Well, no, because there's, I mean, there's usually like a weird time gap. We just don't really notice it. I don't think. Um, or like the timeline is always very weird in this show, but my issue is, no, what I was going to say, it's still the same scene, but like what I was going to say is why does he need to lie? I don't know. They came out too easily for him. Like, that's what bothers me is like, he's so, he was so quick to lie about his friend being in his loft when it's like Serena wouldn't care. Serena's like, she honestly really isn't that much of a jealous person. If you're just honest with her about things. Like, if you're just straightforward with her, she really doesn't give a shit. And so, like, had he been like, oh, my friend Vanessa's back in town, she would have been like, oh, my God, don't even think twice about, like, I'm not even going to ask you to come to this thing. Hang out with her. Like, I can almost guarantee you that's what she would have done because that's how she usually is about things. But, like, no, he had to be like, oh, it's my sister. There was no reason to lie. Like, it bothers me so much. Oh, it makes me so mad. I think it's just because I hate men lying. I hate men. I think that's what it is. But like, oh my god, it made me so mad. Not to be like a Dan apologist, but <gasps> definitely he I, I know this whole thing is me being a Dan apologist. I hate Dan apologist. You hate Dan. I'm not tr- <laughs> I'm not trying to be. No, he should not have lied to her. Absolutely not. Should not have. That was dumb. Absolutely dumb. But when this person comes back into your life completely unexpectedly and you're grappling with like, huh, what? And then the girl that you're like seeing calls, like he was flustered. He was like, what is, what is Vanessa to me? We haven't spoken in a year. Is she my friend? But is, but are they friends if they haven't your spoken in a year? friends. <laughs> like, they've been friends since they were kids. He shouldn't have, he shouldn't have lied. He should have been like, oh, it's, it's Vanessa. And then sorry, right. be like, who's Vanessa? And he'd, explain more right there's no reason for being like the whole lie was set up to make the episode work I know that but it still makes me mad and like my other issue this is later in the episode but I'm gonna go and talk about it because we're talking about Vanessa my whole other thing is like they're outside this is way later in the episode like toward the end of the episode but they're outside the masquerade ball and the net or not outside of it they're like around it and Vanessa's like crying to Dan being like, because he lies to her about his plans that night to go to the ball with Serena to surprise her there. And he tells her that he's like working on paper or something. And so she goes there to help Jenny. She ends up there. She sees Dan. She's like, oh, well, this is kind of fucked up. Why the fuck did you lie to me? This is stupid. And he's like, I didn't lie to you. I just withheld the truth a little bit. I'm like, okay. He lied to her <laughs> that seems to be a okay okay semantics and um then she starts like crying because she sees serena and she's like and he's like oh this is just you know a friend of mine vanessa and she starts like crying because it's like oh i looks like you, it looks like someone traded up yes when she used that word ago bitch like relax he said he okay. loved you a year ago and hasn't seen you since. Yeah. What? So I wrote, I said, Vanessa has no right to be that angry at Dan, that Dan has moved on. 
only that he lied to her about having tried a paper. Yes. And even then, that's not that big of a lie. Who gives a shit? Like, the fact that, like, she instantly doesn't like Serena. Serena's done nothing to her. Literally nothing. She's like, she, she, he told her he loved her. Yes. And we assume immediately left. (laughs) She immediately left, didn't say it back. Right. And then they haven't been in contact. And she she sees that he's moved on, as he should have. A normal person does within a year's time of saying, I love you to someone when you're 15 years old. Yeah. (laughs) As, like, as he should have. Yeah. And, like, she has no right to be that angry. Zero right. She can feel upset, but she came back thinking everything was going to be, like, no time had moved. Like, a whole year hadn't happened. That's on her. That's making the fact that within this year, his mom has left. So, like, he's basically been another dad for Jenny. He's had to, like, step up in his family because his dad's been a broken man for months. And his little sister's been going through it for months. And now she's in with all these people that she barely knows. Like, it's like, there's so much shit that she doesn't even know about. Because they never were in contact with each other at all. Also, random question. Dan's been going to this school for his entire high school experience. So she knows that he goes to this school. These shouldn't be new people to her. No, because he's been- If they've talked about anything. Since October freshman year. Yeah, and that's where things get tricky. Because it's like, mm, Does that say anything to Vanessa about Serena? Yeah. Did he just love her? Piece of shit. Sorry. I'm- I'm not really that mad at Dan in this episode. He didn't really do that much wrong for me in this episode. I don't hate him in this episode. But, like, also, um, something else that really, I literally have in here. Can Vanessa, like, calm down, maybe? Because, like, I, she was so much. Like, in the, the first scene where it's just her and Dan walking on the street, um, talking about, like, their plans or whatever for that night, she's literally, like, says all these horrible things about, like, the people at his school and I'm like, hey, just because they go to a private school does not mean that they're, like, horrible trust fund people. Yes, a lot of them are, but that doesn't mean that all of them are. That doesn't mean that, like, these are all terrible people because some people are there, like Dan, on a scholarship to further his education. Like, I don't understand why it's okay for her to say shit like that. Like, that really bothered me. And then, like... Well, it makes you think, has, has, has he and... Have the two of them been talking like that about those people right and so she Dan does still talk like that about these people like he still says stuff like that yeah I mean at the end at the end of the episode when he's like he's like okay well let me tell you all about my life he's like describe his life like a sitcom synopsis yeah he's like well there's this girl and I like her but her best friend and her mom. is like <laughs> and she has a mom and we're always battling and her best friend uh, she does us but the best friend is dating this boy who I don't really <laughs> get along with which is ironic because in, later in the season later right? the two of them become <laughs> BFFs but um his home but that's a whole other thing <laughs> yeah and it's like mm, this sounds like what the pitch was 
for <laughs> Gossip Girl. <laughs> Not like when they are pitching it to the CW. What if that's what it is? They just like have like their recording session for their pitch. And then they're like, we're going to write down all of this. And Dan's just going to say it to Vanessa. Like word for word verbatim. What he's going to say to Vanessa. <laughs> Here are the characters. There's this one boy. He's lonely. There's, <laughs> there's the girl he's in love with. Then she has a mom. The mom and the boy, they don't get along. They're always battling. But the girl that he's in love with, she has a best friend. The best friend just finally decided that he's kind of okay. The best friend's got a boyfriend. That boyfriend, a jock, kind of meathead, kind of, <laughs> kind of, kind of like how currently I am. No thoughts, just rocks up here. Brain is soup. I've been saying that so much recently, like in every single Snapchat, in every single Snapchat I've been sending anybody, I'm like, look, I don't know, but that's just my go-to answer. I don't know, brain is soup, no thoughts, just rocks, which I think I heard on a TikTok somewhere. I couldn't tell you. Because I think I've heard that on TikTok. I'm like, this is just, this is just how I'm describing my life these days. So... Then we have, oh, another note I have about Vanessa is, OMG, I cannot stand her. Shut the fuck up. I don't know what that was in reference to, but I said it. Um, oh, another thing that has to do with Vanessa, but not in like a hatred way. It's just something she brought up where she's like pierogies at Veselka. And I literally started crying because I miss pierogies at Veselka so much because they are so good. And I love Veselka. Never the old. You want to know what? You know, a funny story. Only time I've ever had a pierogi was when uh, one was tossed to me in a box at Great Comet before the show. <laughs> you've told me that because I feel like I brought up pierogies to you because I love them, and I feel like you've told me that. The one and only time, and then like in the box there were two, and I had one, and then like I set the box aside, and then my mom just like in the middle of the show like had the other one, and I was like, oh, you ate the other one. Okay, I guess I. Uh, Pierogi, have to but... decide what pierogies taste like again um and then you can buy them like frozen at the grocery store um they're not as good as and then i also okay so then i want to talk about nate because nate went through a lot in this episode. oh his whole arc was just like completely separate from everything else that's and happening not, and here's the thing that's what i love about nate <laughs> that's like one of my arguments for why he's the best character is most of his drama is within his own family and he doesn't really get into it all that much with other characters. And when he dies, it's never really his fault. <laughs> I love it. So Nate in this episode was went through it. So the last episode that we saw Nate in, so two episodes ago, all of his money was taken out of his trust fund by his dad. And in this episode, Chuck is like, oh, did you get all that figured out? And he's like, yeah, my dad, like, said he was just moving accounts around and it was all back the next day, which sketchy as fuck, but okay. And then he, like, is going through all this stuff in his dad's office and he finds a little baggie of cocaine. Finds a dime bag. Of cocaine. And then... Chuck I kept wanting to say Bart and then I wanted to say Buck and I'm like come on Katie you know the name <laughs> Chuck Chuck, the lines. <laughs> like, I love it. Chuck well he says uh Chi Chi get the yayo and I was like what the hell even and is that goes, I did google it it's from like Scarface yeah and then he goes I thought you were strictly an herb man <laughs> <laughs> and it makes me laugh I love that line I think it's so good and he's like and it's here's the thing that a lot of people don't know in the books um 
Nate's entire character is a pothead and he is like addicted to marijuana because this is when people thought that marijuana was like the worst of the worst of drugs and he ends up in rehab at one point in the books like it's just like chaos but so a lot of the times when they're smoking weed or bring up weed it's alluding to how he was a pothead in the books and how they wrote that they wrote part of that into his character for the show so in case you didn't know that interesting things that no one gives a shit about and it's just in my brain um and I put as a note because he like calls Blair to talk to her about it because he's sad and he doesn't know who else to talk to because Chuck's not really much help so he's I put Nate is so cute he just needs someone to be there for him (laughs) like I just want to squish him he's so cute the idea of like Blair's phone being off doesn't seem very Blair but it's also the day of a big party that she's throwing and like there's a lot she's had to like deal with that day like she's going around and doing stuff along with sending especially on the day of a party you would not put your phone off you do not turn your phone off i would not if you were bother me okay and if something goes awry if something goes and they need your input on something i ask someone to be like what the fuck is happening she has people to deal with it. Like, she's got party planners. Mm. Anyways, and then... I don't know. What happened? What's next with Nate? And then... Nate, go, Nate does a lot of shit in this episode. Um, but at the same time, he does nothing. Um, and then, at one point, during the party, at the end of the party... Well, before the party, he... He can't get in contact with Blair, so then he yeah. goes to Serena. Yeah. Well, no, and he's oh, like, I know why he can't get in contact with Blair. She doesn't have her phone up. She's just not answering his calls because she's got that whole thing planned where at the end of the night, if he finds her by midnight, like, he has to go through all of her minions, and then if he finds her by midnight, they have sex or whatever. And so I think that that's part of it, was, like, she just wasn't in contact with him all day because of that. I could be wrong about that, but I'm, I feel like that's what it was. But... Yeah. I thought that wouldn't have started until the party. I don't know. Blair's Blair. She's a crazy person. Okay. <laughs> okay. I love her, but she's nuts. Um, yeah, so, so he reaches out to Serena and then essentially is like, I still love you, Serena. And she's like, mm, we're not doing this. Like, <laughs> she's like, we're not doing this. Mm-mm, can't do it. But she does give him really good advice. She does talk to him. And I I also wrote this down. I was like, I know I shouldn't, but I love Nate and Serena. They're one of my favorite couples, if not my absolute favorite couple in the show. I love Nate and Serena when they get together later on. Spoiler alert. Um, they're not together for long, so it's really not that deep. But <laughs> I love them as a I love them as a couple in like season four or end of season three into season four. Um, because they just they're for the most part drama free like they really aren't that toxic for each other they're not super problematic together and i think that's rare in this show because you have like chuck and blair who are constantly just toxic energy all the time with each other and then you have um blair and nate who they were forced into a relationship and it never really worked as a relationship as just a friendship that was really really strong and then I got my issues with Dana and Serena, but the, <laughs> you know, the whole exploitation thing is just not my favorite thing on the planet. And then the sex tape, all that. So 
don't not really big fan of Dan and Serena. It's later on in the show. It's like season five or six. Like it's like super later in the show. Like spoiler mm-hmm. alert. Um, she records them having sex to send to Blair to get back at her for touching. We'll get to it when we when we get to it. Journey <laughs> when we get there. Um, and then like, and then Rufus and Lily. I don't like them together. I think that there's they don't work. See, I do. I like them together. See, I'm very unpopular in that, and I know that. Like, I think it's a very controversial opinion. No one else agrees with me on it. I just don't like them together. I don't. I'm not a fan. I like them as friends. I don't like them in a relationship. Um, and then obviously Bart with anyone. <laughs> It's just like toxic. As much as I love Bart and Lily, I'm just like, this is toxic as fuck. Because Bart's the worst. Yeah, but I love him. So it's fine. Um, but yeah, I love Nate and Serena. I think they worked really well as friends. And then when they are in a relationship, I think that it just really worked. And it was just a lot of little things got in the way of them working long term in a relationship. But I just want the best for Nate. That's it. That's. Love some motorcycles outside. Love a good motorcycle. <clears throat> um, so then we get to the party, and Dan has to sneak into the party. He steals a mask from a drunk kid on the street and asks him first, th- and then says the name to the doorman, and he gets in. I think that is like truly. It's iconic. It's iconic. It's amazing. And then all the five minutes later, Vanessa just walks in. Well, okay. <laughs> Vanessa, Vanessa's like, mm, Jenny, I'm going to help you get into this party. I know somebody who works in the costume department at BAM. Like, that isn't completely illegal to do. Literally. <laughs> just, like, take a ball gown. Like, go to, I don't know, go to Forever 21 down the street. Get a dress. So many stores in new york that would have nice dresses for like less than 50 dollars i don't know yeah i don't get it and earlier serena's like well i guess i need to come up with another date to this party so she is talking with somebody named she she's talking with somebody named uh whose screen name is rich boy the fourth (laughs) and um (laughs) what a name what is what a screen name but when but when dan like confronts Serena at the party he goes oh that's a pompous ass the fourth I'm like "Mm, the way you both use the fourth in that seems a little weird but we know why Dan knows what it is Mm -hmm. anyways um Penelope (laughs) Featherington (laughs) not the Bridgerton reference no (laughs) We just know Bridgerton for anyone who watches this or listens to this. Way to go, Katie. <laughs> well, <laughs> Lady Whistledown is Penelope Featherington. <laughs> <laughs> Which I love that Bridgerton did that in the end of the first season. I thought that was fucking incredible. Like, I was like, Gossip Girl made us wait six seasons for nothing. <laughs> they gave us one season, like 13 episodes, and we're like, or eight episodes, and we're like, Penelope, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so then, which I just think it's funny, though, that Dan had to sneak into this party, and Vanessa just asks a guy, oh, do you know where my friend is? And he goes, just say, I'll just go find her. Walks in. 
because that makes so much sense <laughs> like she's a no one in a jeans and a t-shirt like dan had on a suit like none of it made sense to me um and then another <laughs> no one recognized jimmy <laughs> no one. He is the idea of 11 blonde woman <laughs> who is like like, the idea of mixing up Jenny and Serena, Serena as everyone seems to, <laughs> and complete and like is like wider than her and it, different. Than yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. And she, she, Serena is played by an adult woman, and 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 Jenny and is played by, by a teenager. <laughs> yes, it's like um two very different body types. Just because they're both white and blonde doesn't mean they can be mixed up. Um, (laughs) but like the fact that everyone seems to mix up also when Jenny is like mess yeah even even when Jenny is like messing with um with Chuck and they're both just like goofing around which can I just say this really quick about that I put in my notes I hate Jenny but her getting revenge on Chuck is the best part of the episode oh yeah absolutely love it at the end of the episode how did he know it was her um Blair probably hinted to him because Blair knew it was her by the bracelet that she's wearing Mm. um because it's the bracelet that she saw at her place or whatever earlier Mm -hmm. and gave her and so um I'm sure Blair like also I feel like Chuck knows the difference between Serena and Jenny but he never thought it was he never thought it was Serena no he never thought it was Serena but he didn't know it was Jenny so like but then he sees Dan and Serena outside and I feel like it was more pointed at Dan because I he doesn't like Dan everyone knows that so like I feel like he was just feeling Blair's anger mixing it with his own (laughs) you know what I love Chuck when he is just so blase about everyone else and he's just like who cares He's like, this is my life. What? It, why is everyone being so dramatic? But then <laughs> That's my favorite Chuck. But then you have this Chuck who's just like, who now is like obsessed with Blair and is like, I want everything that she wants. <laughs> like, I want everything for her. Well, he's not obsessed with her yet. He's pretty close. He no, I don't. A few things in this episode that made me think that this is the beginning of his obsession. It's not until next episode. But he says some things in this episode that are kind of creepy. That's just Chuck being Chuck. Well, yeah, but he says to her that, like, doesn't matter what she's wearing, he would still find her better than Nate could, and then all this other stuff. I don't remember what he was saying, but it made me very uncomfortable. Um, And then... Oh, what am I saying? I can't remember. Oh, then towards the end of the party, when Nate is supposed to be finding Blair... <laughs> um finds Jenny comes up behind her thinking it's Serena which doesn't again matter. you couldn't mix the two up we've known Serena for how long um and says all like professes his love to her and like all this stuff and then says this was this is the best part because I felt Jenny in this moment he goes what did I write I wrote it down hold on Oh, he was like, if you don't stop me right now, I'm going to kiss you. She didn't stop him. She turned around, kissed him, then ran away. And I said, <laughs> me, though. I was like, girl, I wouldn't have stopped him either. <laughs> I was like, I don't, I don't blame you. Um, and then 
he doesn't and then as Jenny's running away Blair grabs her because thinking it's Serena grabs her sees the bracelet realizes it's not Serena then turns around sees Nate looking at Jenny watching her run away and is like some shit just went down and I'm not happy about it as she shouldn't be because it was kind of Nate shouldn't have said this shit but he did but he did um and at that point it's midnight he goes up to her acts as if he was looking for her all along because he's an idiot and she's like no it's 1201 sorry (laughs) and then like goes about her night (laughs) is it the next episode where nate's like and jenny just like hang out and don't even go to a party i think so it's either the next one or the one after the next okay um um Oh, and then before we even get into Eleanor's party, um, the party was weird. Party was very. What was the point of it? We had a hookah and everything. Hookahs come up way too much in this show. Like I literally pointed that out to everyone when we were watching. I was like, hookahs come up a lot in this show. It's very weird. Anyways, um, well, I was watching it and I was thinking, oh, there's like the amount of because like the the use of a hookah and then finding cocaine, um. I was like, oh, this is, this is a scandalous show. It is. <laughs> this was uh, so scandalous for 2007. I know, it's crazy. <laughs> and then another thing about Nate, because I only have a couple, I only have like three notes about Lenore's party. Um, So the last thing I have about Nate is at the end of the episode, when everything's starting to ramp up for the episode, he gets home and he's like, oh, hey mom, hey dad, what are we doing up? And his mom is like, well, we were just about to pop open a bottle of champagne to celebrate your dad, like, making the deal with Eleanor, like, all this stuff. And then she goes, and as I was looking for a bottle opener, I found this and holds up the dime bag because the captain told his wife that it was their son's, even though it was his. Or, or said, I don't know where it came from, and therefore there's only three people living in the he house. he didn't defend his own son. That's true. Still fucked up. Yeah. (laughs) What the hell? Well, also, does he have dime bags hidden all over the house? Because there was one in the book. He's a rich white man in New York City. He has dime bags everywhere, Katie. Come on, let's be real. Let's be real. I'm so terrified of drugs (laughs) (laughs) that I couldn't imagine doing it. I'm so scared. Like I'm, and it's not like. It's not like I'm anti, I mean, I, I'll, whatever. Um, They're officer over here, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I'm like, you know what? You do what you want. That's totally chill. Um, I'm terrified. I've, I've watched too many like murder and like things gone bad. I'm like, it's going to be laced with something. Valid. Cause I'm, I, I'm just afraid it's everything's going to be laced and I'm just going to like OD and die. I, I feel that. I, I'm not like definitely afraid of like I'm not like crazy afraid of them I know a lot of people that have done a lot of things I'm not saying any names I'm not saying any drugs because I'm not incriminating anybody on here let's just say uh every pretty much everyone I worked with at In-N-Out was a raver so let's just say that I every single one of them in my life and I know and I'm also from Kentucky what else is there to do so um (laughs) I know a lot of people that have done different things Anyways, so the note that I have in here about the captain is the captain is the worst person on the planet, blaming your son for your coke stash. Like, that's just, it really fucks me up. Like, it really bothers me. So 
Anyways, on the Ellen Wars- Drugs are so expensive. They are expensive. <laughs> drugs are very expensive. Don't do drugs, kids. Stay in school. Sorry, I just had to add that to my list of like, I'm terrified and also very expensive. They are very expensive. You're correct. Um, so on to Eleanor's party. I'm talking about drugs. Um, so <laughs> Eleanor's party is like a hookah. What, what's the theme? I can't remember what Lily said. Like Moroccan or something. Like Moroccan, like Moroccan nights. Yeah, something like that, which is a great theme. I will say that. It can be tastefully done without being problematic. I don't think there was anything crazy in this party that made it, you know, like we need to cancel Eleanor Waldorf or anything. Um, but also, I wasn't really paying attention to these scenes all that much, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, so the three notes that I have are Rufus making Bart jealous is funny as fuck to me. Because, like, Bart should be a little bit more secure in himself, if we're being honest. I don't understand his jealousy. Um, and then beauty fades is something that Rufus says. And to talk about how her beauty will never fade because she's the most beautiful woman on the planet, because she is. And I added, not for Kelly Rutherford, it doesn't, because she literally looks the same now as oh, she yeah. in the show. Like, she doesn't age. As she did 13 years ago, 14 years ago. Beautiful. Like, she's perfect. Um, and then Good I- jeans or good docs? These are the questions we ask on this show. Facts. Um, and then I have Bart is hotter than Rufus. That's the T. Yeah, hmm. Don't even. I don't find either of them particularly attractive. What? Mm-mm. I don't find either. Well, the thing is, Bart Bart has that face that's like, it has like years. Oh. Like it's seen. It's seen shit. He has seen shit. Um. He's played a lot of different characters, and that's very good acting range. So obviously, it should. And, but at this, and so like, it's not. Mixed with his personality, I don't like it. Oh. Rufus, I just don't find attractive. Personality doesn't matter if you're hot and you have money. Let's, let's be honest. Look, I've said it before, I'll say it again. <laughs> I, look, I need somebody to be a little pretty looking, but also I need you to make me laugh. Like if you can make me laugh, it's golden. I want to be You're honest. golden. I want to discuss this with you right here right now because this is also something I feel like we need to talk about because I talk about I talk a lot about how attractive I find a lot of people in this show. So I feel like we need to get this out in the open. Katie and I have very different types as well. <laughs> <laughs> very different types. My type is kind of all over the place. What? But I tend to what? Go for the same type of person. But I also was it on have to get a lot of different types of people. Was it on this podcast or the other one that I essentially list gave my list of who I found attractive? I think it was the um, oh, I think it was this one where I was like Ben Schwartz, all these uh, <laughs> like Jewish comedian men. It's truly my type. It's like Andy Samberg. <laughs> I was like Ben Schwartz. <laughs> but then I was also like, look. Demi Adiju eBay from Gilmore Guys and many other things. He's a writer on the Amber Ruffin show right now. He, I find him so cute. Here's He's so type. funny. This is what your type is. Average looking, like just average Joe walking on the street looks like a normal human being, but is like the funniest person on the planet. And you yeah. know it from looking at them. 
Whereas my yeah. life is like he yachts every weekend and <laughs> you love a wasp. I do. <laughs> I really do. I hate to say it, but I really do. I mean, like my you're good. <laughs> I didn't want to. I didn't want to do this on mic. Oh. <laughs> um, I want to slurp on mic. Like, Sorry, I, I was finishing drinking up my Cherry Coke Zero from Jack in the Box. So they have one of those, they've got that like Coke oh, machine yeah. things with all the buttons. Yeah. I, my type essentially is like, because I grew up loving like Harrison Ford and Richard Gere and like all these white men who are just, like, insanely talented, but in, like, a very, like, low-key way. Like, they're just, like, good, but they, like, know it, but they don't, like, show that they know it. And then, like, I started watching Gossip Girl, and it was just, like, Nate Archibald is, like, everything I've ever needed in a man. And that still rings true. I need a Nate Archibald in my life. And then I watched New Girl within the last year, and Schmidt became my, Schmidt is my type. Like, that's just the fact of, Schmidt is my literal type of human being that I need in my life and so I just I realized I have my type is very ranging a wide variety of men that I find enjoyable to look at respectfully but then when it comes down to it I end up going for the same type of person it's embarrassing I hate it I yeah the last guy yeah the last guy that I dated was what I thought Schmidt was, but he was just an asshole instead. So <laughs> can't have everything. I mean, can't have it all apparently. I just, I don't know. I need, I, I need to laugh. I'm fine not laughing. <laughs> I mean, what? You what? bottle of wine and you turn on something that I think is funny and I'm good I don't need my man to make me laugh I can watch Undrafted for that another my movie, another movie with Chase Crawford I just need Chase Crawford that's what I need I grew up watching a lot of like old comedy things with my dad so I did too but I didn't like them I mean there's a lot I didn't like like I don't this is oof, con- controversial I don't care too much for Monty Python, which like is fine. I find some things funny, but not like everything. But I took some. I've been watching Kentucky to visit and meet my parents like a year and a half ago or so, and my we couldn't figure out what to watch after dinner at my parents' house. So my dad turned on Monty Python and the Holy Grail, and it was the guy, my guy friends, like first time seeing it. They were laughing their asses off. And my mom watched- I think men really like Monty Python. Men? It's very, like, boys' humor, my which is fine. Yeah. Whereas, like, I, I'm i more into, like, dry millennial humor, dry Gen Z humor. And so, like, it's fine. I also grew up watching, like, from birth, essentially, Seinfeld. So, that probably falls into the... What are you talking about me? 
Well, look, I'm I'm not saying that I just immediately, as I was saying this, came to this revelation, but, and I don't say that, I don't think that I find him attractive, but the fact that I grew up watching Jerry Seinfeld may fall into that why I find, um, like, Jewish comedians attractive might have something to do with that. Not that I think, like, Seinfeld is, like, the pinnacle of humor. Right. It's fine. I, I watch it be- out of nostalgia because I grew up watching it. I, like... I think but my humor, I don't even know how to describe my humor. I just think, like, what I think is funny is funny. Like, there's no, like, specific type, I don't think. But, like, if there's movies that, like, I could tell you the name of. No one's going to know what they are. But if I tell you the name of these movies, these movies are my sense of humor. And it's, like, undrafted. Um, Confessions of a Shopaholic, I think, is the best movie ever made. It's my all-time favorite movie. <laughs> I love that movie more than anything. Like, it's art. I think I've only seen it once or maybe twice. Art. I bought it on YouTube and iTunes and Amazon. Like, I have it on every platform just so that I have it at my disposal anytime I want. Um, a lot of wines in Devil Wears Prada, I think, are the funniest thing on the entire planet. Devil Wears Prada is my second favorite movie. <laughs> it tells you anything about my personality. Devil Wears Prada isn't a comedy. No, but it's funny. It's, it's not funny. It's There are lines that are funny to me <laughs> that I think are hilarious. But like it, that, it's like thinking about who I am as a person. My two favorite movies are Confessions of a Shopaholic and Devil Wears Prada. Can we tell that I'm obsessed with the fashion industry? <laughs> I have been my whole life. Like I've just always been like this. And Gossip Girl made it worse. <laughs> it's so bad. Um. But anyways, so like there are certain movies that are like my sense of humor. But, like, no one else gets it because no one else has seen those movies. Like, if I, like, I bring up Undrafted all the time. It's one of my favorite, like, feel-good movies. No one on the planet has seen this movie. But everyone should because it's so funny. And it's just, like, a bunch of stupid men who love each other more than anything (laughs) trying to win a baseball game because their best friend didn't get drafted. Like, it is the cutest movie. And it is so funny and Chase Crawford is in it, and Tyler Hecklin is in it, and Aaron Tveit is in it, and Joe Mazzello. Like, it has the most stacked C-list cast ever. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> I love no, the movie, I, the movie I think everybody should see is The Rocker, starring Rain Wilson, no. has Jason Sudeikis, Bradley Cooper, uh will arnett fred armison's in it you got teddy geiger emma stone josh gad uh jane lynch christina applegate jeff garland who else is in this movie dimitri martin's in the movie uh i think aziz ansari's at the very beginning of it um i love uh, love jason sudeikis i love bradley cooper i love fred armison i hate that movie i love it so much it is like the movie that my dad and I talk about constantly that nobody has ever seen. My sister, Nobody saw this movie. I watched it with my sisters like when I was younger. Like I don't even remember how old. It came out in 2008. Okay, it came out in like August of 2008. So yeah, so I watched it when I was like nine or 10 years old and I thought it was stupid then. And then I rewatched it a couple years ago and I was like, this is stupid. <laughs> like it is not for me <laughs> at all. I love 
that like, movie. If this adds to anyone questioning what my humor is, I didn't watch SpongeBob as a child. I thought SpongeBob was the dumbest shit on the planet when I was a kid. I've seen two episodes throughout my entire life. I think it's so stupid. SpongeBob is great. Uh, not so much anymore. SpongeBob, how about this? SpongeBob was great. Uh, the SpongeBob SquarePants musical, fan fucking tastic. Oh, Katie. The SpongeBob musical Here's the thing about this was fantastic. The individual parts of it are good. I don't like it all together. Does that make any sense? I just think um, I went in with it. expectations on the floor, and I came out of that show being like, "Whoa!" So this was great. My roommate slash best friend Evan is. She loves Spongebob, and she got very attached to the Spongebob musical, and so I got very into the Spongebob musical because I try to get her into musicals all the time, and I was like, whatever works, we're fu- whatever happens, happens. Whatever works with you, we're going to go with it, and so we love the cast of the Spongebob musical. We, I still love the cast of the Spongebob musical. I think they're amazing people, so freaking talented, it's nuts, and then whenever the pro shot came out that they filmed um i we bought it on amazon prime and we watched it together while we were studying for finals and we were crying over it like (laughs) it was genuinely i had fun watching it i genuinely loved it but at the same time i watched it then objectively and i was like okay so each piece of it is amazing but then if you watch it all together, I'm like, I hate this. Like, I'm like, this is not good. But I love anything. I love any excuse to have Gavin Lee tap dancing on, like, all those legs. Like, art. Art. I'll, I'm going to throw out an opinion. I think, and I saw and I saw the other show, I think that Ethan Slater should have won Best Lead Actor in a Musical over the- Tony Shalhoub. I love Tony Shalhoub. I saw him in the band's visit. So I saw him in that role. I saw both of them in their roles. And I thought Tony Shalhoub was amazing in his role. He can't be bad at anything. Yeah, exactly. It was also like his first musical, which was interesting. He also only had one song. He's the most amazing Um, actor ever. No one talks about it. (laughs) Ethan Slater should have won. You're correct. Who was he up? Absolutely correct. It was... Ethan Slater, Tony Shalhoub, Josh Henry, and someone else. I don't... 2017. Was it someone from Mean Girls? No, sorry, 2018. What was the year Mean Girls was nominated for everything, right? Yeah. I remember getting really excited about the band's visit, winning everything, and all my Mean Girls fans were like, ah. And I was like, okay, shut the fuck up. Um, (laughs) Mean Girls is so bad. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, glad I'm, we're not I'm this sorry. On other podcast because Abby listens to that one and she'd kill me. Um, she kind of agrees with me sometimes. Um, I don't know. Let me I see who it was. I'm probably gonna cut Tell out both of this when I'm editing. That's fine. <laughs> so often. That was the year Bruce Springsteen and John Leguizamo got honorary awards. <laughs> Just like okay. Don't laugh. Um, I love Bruce Springsteen so much. He got like a DWI or something, I think. Harry Hayden Patton for My Fair Lady. That's okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, no, Ethan Slater should have won. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I was fine with Tony Shalhoub winning, but it definitely should have been Ethan Slater. The things he did with his body in SpongeBob. Yeah. People didn't want to take SpongeBob seriously because of it being SpongeBob. But if you took out, if you renamed. And like, all, like it was like crazy. And racism. Yeah. If you took out the fact, like if you didn't call it SpongeBob and just renamed all of the other characters, it would have been taken like a million times more seriously. And here's the funny thing is when that one guy had like the Trump flag at Frozen I laughed about it. Like, we laughed about it, and we were like, why wouldn't you do that? At <gasps> Wasn't that Timothy Hughes who, like, ripped it out of his hands? Yes, Timothy Hughes is... A.K.A. Tall Man from, um... Tall Man from Town. We love him. Um, Not his actual character name. People just call him Tall Man. Yeah, he's amazing. Um, but he's, like, seven feet tall. Man's giant. Man, like, having a Trump flag at Frozen, we were like, this show's not political at all. Take it to Spongebob. Like, <laughs> 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 we were like, what the hell? But yeah, anyways, we need to get back to, because I got to go to bed soon, so. Okay, what else? Did we, I feel like we covered everything about Gossip Girl. Girl Lily Lily brought Rufus to make uh, Bart jealous. Mm -hmm. And then Howard, aka the captain. (laughs) If anyone his name was Howard. I never call him Howard. I literally forget his name half the time because I'm like, that's yeah. (laughs) When I heard when I heard uh, Anne Archibald call him Howard, I was like, that's funny. Um, but uh, Howard, yeah, Nathaniel, he still like scored the deal or whatever. It was fine. Uh, but that was like it. It kind of just ended. Like Dan and Dan and Vanessa ended up fine. And he's like, let me tell you about my life. Well, like, you didn't just blow up at me. <sighs> anyway. Why is there a helicopter? Anyways, Katie, what is our social media platforms? On Instagram and TikTok, we're at The Ultimate Insiders. And if you want to follow me, hi, I'm Katie. Uh, I'm on Instagram at Complete Katie and TikTok at Katie Fornia. And I'm yeah. at It's Jill Hayes on all social media platforms. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs>